We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Blogs podcast, the Bearcast. We are back here after, did we take a break last week? When did no. we take a break last week? No, we're back two weeks in a row. No days off. Wow. Technically six days off. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we're going to be taking a break next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, impo- there's a, the, the next couple weeks are, are, uh, are highly of importance in Andy's long historic life. Um, he's being, he's getting married within few weeks now, a few weeks now. Not not that far away. Wow. It's right around the corner. Yeah, it's literally. <laughs> it's one of those things that you like put off and you're like, oh, well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and then it's here. Yeah. The time is now. It literally. Got to lock her up until she, like, before she realizes <laughs> the mistake that she's making. So hopefully, t- hopefully you can keep her around for a little bit and then she realizes the mistake, you know? Not like the first week after. She's like, oh, I made the biggest mistake of my life. Over under six months. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Vegas odds? I don't know. No? No? Okay. Um, I'm taking it over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would put a wager on the over, too. Just, just for your sake as well. Just for your sake. Um, but, yeah, so we'll be taking a short hiatus after this episode as well. Plus, I think with what's happening in basketball, which we'll talk about in a little bit, it's uh, it's not looking great in terms of what what we could possibly talk about or do. But uh, enough about that. Let's start off with I guess somehow we'll we'll get to the basketball. <laughs> enough about the basketball uh, stuff, enough, yeah, because nobody wants to hear about that. Nope. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll talk about a little bit of basketball stuff. Um, Jordan, no, we will. We will, Jordan yeah. released. Um, the 31s, which are the, the Jordans that they made for this season, um, the Air Jordan 31s, the personal editions for five, their five collegiate sponsors, which was Georgetown, UNC, Marquette, um, Cal, and UNC. Those were, those were the five. No, and, Michigan? Oh, Michigan. Sorry, Michigan. Did I say UNC twice? I think I might have said UNC twice. But okay. yes, Michigan. Um, so those are the five. They've actually never released Cal. Cal's been under Jordan for quite a long time now. They've Jordan has never released anything Cal related in terms of like these types of March Madness specific type things. Of course, you go to the student store now, you can pick up a Cal basketball never stops. You know Jordan Cal basketball T shirt or the jersey or whatnot or the shorts, which shorts are amazing by the way. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those situations where I think they planned it ahead of time. You know, because this, this type of stuff has to be right, especially if you're going to mass produce it and sell it. And they were kind of expecting our team to be, <laughs> I laugh as I say this, but, you know, in the thick of March Madness, NCAA hunt. Clearly, that has not happened, which we'll talk about later, of course. Uh, but they did release that just this morning. We're recording this on Tuesday. So it happened Tuesday at 7 a.m. I woke up at 7.10, realized I could, it was only one one per customer, and then I messaged you, 
Oh, so there's <laughs> one per one per customer, but you lucked out too because you pretty much got your size. I got everything I needed. Yeah. At eight thirty. Yeah. I yep. got up at seven ten, and they were already out of size twelve. Everywhere. Yeah. Eastbay.com, Footlocker.com, and so why don't you go twelve and a half? Nike.com. So Nike.com was the only place that had twelve and a halfs, the uh. twelve and a half size, and they were already out. So I immediately check a Foot Locker, and they had a twelve. So it would let me it would let me add a twelve into the cart, and then when I was filling out my billing address, I guess someone else had it in their cart too, and they just finalized their order before I did. It's like buying tickets to music. Festival. Exactly. So by the time I clicked purchase, have you checked recently? <laughs> I did. I've been checking all day. Oh. Um, so they haven't like put more. In I don't stock. think so. I think this is this was like a limited one time release. But the funnier part about this whole thing, um, other than the fact that you know it's Cal Jordan's, like who would have thought? I mean, the shoes are gorgeous in my opinion. They with are the golden bears on the amazing heel, amazing looking. Yeah. yeah I don't even like basketball shoes at all. I haven't worn them since Iverson threes, in sixth grade or sixth seventh seventh grade. grade? Were those yeah. the red slip ons? The red and white slip ons? Do you know which all ones? All white, and the all white with a little blue on the inside. Oh, okay, okay. So I had the ones where it was the slip on the Iverson. This is a sidetrack, but the the Iverson slip ons where they were basketball shoes, but they didn't have laces. You just slipped them right on. You just slipped uh, them right on, and they were white with a little bit of red in between. Uh, I didn't have those, yeah. but I do remember my Iverson threes because I have to wear them when I play basketball still, <laughs> and. I haven't bought a pair of basketball shoes since then. Yeah, I don't. And I bought these. These might not ever touch the concrete for me. What? These might these might come out and I might wear them on special occasions, but it might not be a shoe that I just have out and are just like, you know, like if I'm like running to the market, like I just kind of throw gotcha. them on as as I leave. That's what Nike freeze are for. Exactly. Or, or Pure my comfort. Or my Adidas Ultra Boost. Those are, those are what, that's what that's for. Um, but yeah, I, it, was, it was weird because these Jordans, in terms of the five that were released, the Cal one was the second one to sell out in terms of um, the majority of their sizes. You can still find a couple on Nike.com and Foot Locker, but like, you know, sizes like seven through like nine or something like that. So it's, it's I don't know, I don't know what the average shoe size is for people. I know for you and me, we're both around the 11 and a half to 12 and a half range. So those were out quickly. The bigger sizes and the smaller, like sixes and sevens, were out quickly. But then in between, like, like uh, what's it, like eight to 10? I think you could still get, last time I checked, you could still grab. So that was really crazy because the UNC one was all out, like uh, within a few hours. But the Cal one was the second most sold. In terms of the other the other schools, so that either that tells you one they designed ours amazingly and everyone wanted to buy them, or two there's a lot more Cal fans that are buying Cal attire than you would imagine. I think can I choose both? I think yeah, because yeah. I sent that picture out to all of my friends and well maybe not all of them, but I sent it out to a lot of them and yeah. they all were like, "Damn, those are really good looking." <laughs> And then the flip side of it is I actually have always felt this way. You know when Sonny called Cal a sleeping giant or something like that? Yes. Um, he's obviously wrong about his own, <laughs> what he would end up finding there. But at the same time, I do always feel like when I'm around the Bay Area, you'll see these like random people wearing Cal gear. You're like, oh, wow. And then you get outside the Bay Area, too, and you see it pretty consistently. I do think that there's an apparel market or a, a, even just a athletic market that's bigger than the one that we've seen in the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years. I was still even surprised by some basketball attendance figures when we went to those games. I always expected it to be more sold out than it was. Yeah, I think it's one of those weird situations where (coughs) if we can somehow get the marketing right, this would be so insane in terms of how much the the PR would be. Like, you know, the, the UC Berkeley hoodies, sweatshirts, everything. Easily findable all across the world. Very easy. Ones that say like California or the Cal script with Nike, findable, but not as prevalent. You know, growing up in Asia, the the SAT prep school that I went to over the summer was called Berkeley because the director of it who created it or made it um, was a Cal grad. Hmm. Um, 
And when I came to Berkeley, um, I would I bought my younger cousins. Uh, they were in like elementary, middle school at the time. A whole bunch of uh, Cal gear, and it said UC Berkeley on it because I didn't think that they would. I don't I don't think anyone would register it being like UC Berkeley, you know, overseas in Korea. If you wore California, that just looks like the name of a state on a, on a T-shirt, right? But a funny story with that is they wore a, one of the hats I gave them for a family dinner when I was in college. Got on the got in the elevator going up. Um, American, just a white, normal white guy, walks in the elevator, sees his shirt, looks at my cousin, says, go Bears. And my parents were there in the car, too, so my dad knew that because I, I taught him the whole thing. So he looks over, he's like, oh, go Bears. And they have a little conversation about, you know, how I was at Cal and so on and so forth. But my cousins were, like, like just question marks all above their head, apparently. Like, they had no idea what that meant. Um, so I think, yeah, if you can... That marketing strategy, if you can just somehow bridge the gap, and even if you start today, that might take years. But that whole question of, is it UC Berkeley? Is it Cal? Is it UCB? Is it California? Is it Cal Berkeley? Although no one, I know a lot of, uh, I think most people hate it when we people say Cal Berkeley, especially like when the recruits say it that way. But in my honest opinion, that that is the best way to kind of, join both of the academic side plus the athletics department the way of saying it cal if you say cal berkeley what i think i think it just it registers it, you can register to both parties right because i say the cal part of it from the athletics department and then the berkeley part of it for the academics i I'm Rob, a, did you just justify all of <laughs> I think all of Twitter's gonna be mad. Everything everybody in Twitter's gonna be mad. But <laughs> I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm just saying that's that could be one of the middle grounds that you see that you can take, right? But I mean I'm all for What about just UC Berkeley? I'm down with that too. But that would mean you'd have to change the athletics department to just You're talking about go the, with that. Oh, because you got the Cal and Exactly. C- whenever C- you see whenever you see like a ESPN game of Cal or anything, right? The the three letter like abbreviation for right. university is always C A L, right? I think everyone should just realize that Cal is Cal, as in U C <laughs> Berkeley, and to make all things easier. Did you not see that tweet earlier this week about that? Yes. The someone someone asked a Cal grad apparently where they went to college. He said Cal, and they said Cal State. And I was like, no, Cal. He said Cal Cal State somewhere. It's like no, Cal Poly, no. Like the where is it? It's like University of California Berkeley. He's like, but you said Cal. <laughs> it's like a dot 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 moment. Like it, that. I think that I think that resonates with a lot of people. Um, if you don't live in the Bay Area, especially, I think you can go. You can go anywhere in the U.S. You know, and just talk to the average person, and be like, oh, I went to Cal, and they're like, oh, like you know, they might watch football and they might see oh, like Aaron Rodgers' school or you know Jared Goff's school. And you're like, yes. And they're like, where is that? That's in Berkeley. And and then, you know, like, you see Berkeley? And they're like, same school. And it's like mind-blown. It's a mind-blowing concept. Unbelievable. Total sidetrack, but, um, yeah. Something needs to be done about that marketing. On that I note. I can't believe yeah. that. <laughs> I see what you did there. I'm impressed by the way in which you did it. Yeah. But... I still think a bunch of people are going to be like, no, I'm not Cal Berkeley. But let, let's just let's just get the facts out right. I'm not for it. I'm just saying that could be a, a, a rational middle ground that if the athletics department of marketing comes and the academics side of marketing comes and sits at a table and tries to figure hash out how they're going to make this brand into one, mm-hmm. it could make sense to, to label it that way too because you, you keep kind of both. I think my main issue with the Cal Berkeley way of doing it yeah. is it makes it seem very like skate, state school esque, like not in the sense that you have like the University of uh, like the Cal States and then the UCs, and right? That that whole division right there. So is, you have the University of Wisconsin Madison, yeah, exactly. And then you have the University of Wisconsin Whitewater, yeah. And you have the University of Wisconsin wherever else, yeah, yeah. And so for me, if you say like. Wisconsin Whitewater, yeah. like I don't know if people say Wisconsin Madison. I think they I mean, just that's say a, that's the same with Texas too, right? Like uh, so, University of Texas Austin, technically, but then they got they got other UTs like UTEP, which Correct. is the University of Texas El Paso, right? But Texas 
Austin is the only one that's recognized as University of Texas. Texas. Right. Exactly. And that's why that's why I like yeah. Cal. And that's my main issue with it is I think it I think maybe that is the issue that other people have with it, but for me it just kind of like makes it seem like it was not as prestigious as yeah. I, I truly yeah, think. Yeah, I it could is. I could definitely see that side of it too. That's a totally another discussion to be had about the whole what would you rebrand Cal as to, to to bring both sides of the campus together? That'd be a, that'd be a totally fun pod to do at one point. That's a good idea. I'll write that down. Off season, yeah, that's an off season pod, um, and we'll definitely ask for recommendations. On Stay what. tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. See what we come up with. Will Talk. it be the same ad, or will we be <laughs> doing a different ad? Uh, not that our input has any input or any you know weight whatsoever. But anyways. Since we're talking about marketing, we carry zero weight, <laughs> negative <laughs> weight. Probably true. Right. Um, since we're talking about marketing, talk about football marketing, and we were just talking about this before the pod started. How the new coaching staff has taken the whole hashtag and like you know um, the little like pictures and posters that they send out to recruits and stuff to a whole new level. I mean, we were we just saw the whole um, mar- um, coach coach Tui, the quarterback coach. And what he, you know, tweeted out with the, um, what was it? It's like hashtag. Do it big. Do it big. But then so the, for the. 18. The, yeah, the I and the O is a 1-8 so for the class of 18. Um, and there were, there were a couple other ones, too, with different hashtags um, for, for Cal. I know there's no one hashtag. And this is another marketing thing. Is there no, there's no one hashtag that solidifies us other than Go Bears. Right. Like, I mean, there was the whole hashtag stay golden a, a few years back, right? Cal gang. Cal gang, yeah. There's that. Uh, but but there's not one that both fans and players slash recruits use other than Go Bears. Right? right. And that Am I can, right? That one can be stolen, too. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. That's, that's another topic, too. I think we should have. There should be a secondary, like, hashtag that we use as well. Because Go Bears, Go Bears is so historic and so like, it's, it's. It, I'm 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 gonna get a lot of slack for this, but it kind of sounds a little generic. You know what I mean? Well, it could be Go Chicago Bears. Yeah, ex- or <laughs> Go Baylor Bears. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a Go Bears. But then I think you you get like another hashtag that has to do with the school to do it. Like I remember when basketball did it a few years back. Hashtag Berkeley represent. Like that one was nice. Oh yeah, and then the. Uh... They had another one that I accidentally posted when I was at a Warriors game. Uh, together we attack. Yeah, together we attack. That's the one that's Cons has been pushing since like last season, and I'm 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 cool with that one. That one's nice. Uh, protect our Haas, I know, is another good one. Um, that's a good play on words. So specifically back to the football on the recruiting front, though, yeah. I feel like the amount of activity. One, there's signal, there's noise there because we need to have a big class. Yes, but the. Other thing is the social media presence of the other coaches that we have on staff, I feel like is night and day different. Uh, just like Gerald Alexander this morning. Gerald Alexander Today. this morning. Uh, like Tui, I see all the time. Yeah. And Great Wood even is like on the trail consistently. Yeah, Tui's blowing it up not only on, oh, this is just I know, but Tui's not only blowing it up on Twitter too, he's blowing up on Instagram as well. Yeah, it's exactly. pretty crazy. His activity on the social media front. So it's uh, it's really cool. I mean, in the amount of offers that we have out right now, uh, the amount of – you saw Cal as being like a favorite with a three, four-star running back um, early yeah. in the process, which is like still news to me um, and, and compared to the last three, four years. So it's – I'm unbelievably excited. I'm just through the roof happy – with where we're at so far, and the early signals are just so strong. Um, I didn't get to listen to Wilcox. He was on KMBR today. I didn't get to listen to it yet, but I definitely plan on doing that. Yeah, he was on uh, Cal TV as well. I think that's up on YouTube, too. So he's, he's been out and about, um, but I'm, def- I'm, I'm so with you. I, they, I don't know what it is. And, you know, we were just talking about this before we started recording was – was it a change in the entire media department too, or was it the coach, like Coach Wilcox and the staff, just kind of said, "Hey, we want to do something like this 
to get out to the recruits and just get out on our social media things as well. Like, can we make that happen? But the like the photos, the hashtags, the the little little words, the like the the consistency of like tweeting those images and like making sure like those hashtags and those photos are circulating on social media, like through the the football realm of high school football and, and recruiting, like it, that alone just you can catch a lot of guys' eyes with. The only the only knock I have on this is just because all our all our photos still have us wearing all that Nike stuff. I mean, this is a small knock, right? But come come July first, all of that is is soon to be ours. It's, yeah, well, yeah. During the equipment sale, yeah. But it's all past, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. it's no longer. It won't. It like I see the you know the, the the recruits that come visit and they you know post the photo with them wearing a cow jersey and flexing and all that. And I was like, like, yeah, the jerseys look nice. But those weren't those. Won't, if you if you you know decide to come here, those won't be the jerseys you're wearing. Um, so that's just a small knock. I can't wait to see what we get on the Under Armour front. Mm-hmm. I'm unbelievably excited, even if they're in trouble. I am so excited on just to see like what their take is, and because if that can combine with some serious like inroads that we're making in California with recruits. Uh, you start looking at like really cool jerseys and specific like apparel, a uh, whole new level of interest from the actual sponsor in our program than compared to what we had before. Like it, it really can build some positive momentum towards uh, being a really attractive on top of already being an attractive option for some high school students. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Under Armour is definitely bigger than you think. I wish they just made better looking shoes. I don't know what their deal is. I don't just, know. Is it that hard to make? I don't know. Kevin Plank basically threw all his designers under the bus a few weeks back too. If you didn't see that, he basically said his designers are not making fashionable shoes. He's pretty accurate. Yeah, he's pretty one. accurate. Yeah, but he just he threw his entire di- design team, like R and D team, under the bus right there. True. <laughs> so, I feel like if you just went after maybe no, because Nike's you know, but if you were to go out and poach like top talent from Adidas, Nike. Puma, right, and put them in a room and be like, come up with a good-looking shoe that people can wear. I mean, but to be fair, reading uh, Phil Knight's, you know, biography, he really like started off just taking a Japanese shoe and selling that. Yeah, and then he ended up getting all the waffle iron <laughs> and all that stuff. But uh, initially, it was an, another idea that he or he essentially just became a distributor of a Japanese shoe company wasn't necessarily his own idea. So I don't know. McDonald's, like Burger King is unabashedly like proud of their ability to steal the McGriddle. <laughs> so why can't you go and steal the Nike Freeze? <laughs> <laughs> and I will buy them. Um, as long as you don't make any more comments about the president. <laughs> so yeah. that's, uh, that's our take on shoes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing that I do like about going into this Under Armour deal and then we'll get back to football, is the fact that Under Armour definitely has maintained this, hey, if you want these shoes, we'll make sure to have them. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, like, the Curry 2s came out last year, which, by the way, are phenomenal basketball shoes, in my opinion. I still I wear mine uh, for basketball whenever I play every week, or when, it, when we try to play every weekend. Um, but they made sure that they did all those as limited releases when they first came out, whether it was the Warriors colors, like the Field General or the Floor General ones, the, the Tobacco Road one, the North Carolina versions, the like every single version they made, they made in, in at first as a limited release. At the end of the season, they re-released every color, every colorway, and they're still available on UnderArmor.com. Now, I'm not saying, of course, you can look at it the other way and just say they just didn't sell you know, they might not have sold. But I look at it the other way, that you're just making every single shoe accessible to everyone. Because this Curry 3s came out, right, which is what Steph Curry wears right now. But the Curry 2s are still on sale on uh, UnderArmor.com, and they're not, even, they're not even price cut. It's the exact same price from last season, hmm. which isn't that expensive. I think they're at 120 I believe. So they're not expensive basketball shoes, considering, like, Harden's go for 140 and... 
and Jordans can go up to, you know, $200, and Kobe's are like 160 180 so. Goodness. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I like about Nurma, and I definitely see them going that route with probably the Calgary, too. I think you're going to see it be accessible and be marketed across the board on their website. Like, you see them do that with the Maryland stuff, um, and then they did that with the high school stuff with the, the states, you know, the Florida, the Florida, California, Texas, like they did state versions of all their shoes and their gloves and everything, which the gloves, by the way, I thought were really cool where you put your hands together and it makes the, the California flag, like the bear and the California Republic across. Um, I thought that'd be a really cool addition. Like if you turn that into a jersey for Cal, that'd be really cool. It's just some people are saying there's too much red in it, which I understand, but I thought it would be a really cool concept to have the California state flag as a jersey. Do you think that the Under Armour deal will have any impact on Marshawn's Cal line? I highly doubt it. I, I, I do not think it would. Because Marshawn's, Marshawn's brand isn't dependent on any other big brand, right? It, it's not like they get their clothes supplied by from Nike or Adidas. It's so, like his own thing. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I definitely agree. I just wonder if the, where they're hosted right now. So they're hosted in the student center? Or the, in student, the student store? store. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and I wonder, is it, is Under Armour going to have, we talked about their own flagship store. Yeah. So are they having a flagship store that then is separate from the student store and the student store will carry the Beast Mode stuff or is, yeah, I don't know if Under Armour would willingly welcome another apparel brand inside an actual flagship store. Right. Right. And I think that's, I think that is probably the best case or the, the most reasonable scenario, right? is Under Armour makes a little building right next to Memorial Stadium and makes it like a flagship Under Armour store. And then you have the student store sell all the stuff from the flagship store, but also have, you know, the 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 generic brand, you know, sweaters and the T-shirts and all that, plus, plus uh, Marshawn stuff. I think that makes the most... Because even right now, right, um, all the Nike stuff and Jordan stuff is in the student, student store. But on one side, there's a whole bunch of Under Armour stuff. And then on one side and on one wall, there's all the Marshawn stuff. And then in the middle, you know, filling up all the other is all the generic like um, UC Berkeley with the seal sweaters that are just made by like champs or like champion, you know, sweaters, right? So I think that's I think I think that's the route. I think that makes the most sense that they would probably make their own little mini store on campus somewhere, probably closer to the stadium. I would assume. Maybe maybe a Haas. If I'm Under Armour, I'm putting that thing right at Telegraph and Bancroft. <laughs> where the, that American Apparel is now going out of business? Yeah. That does make sense if you That's build it there. Or where I want, that where I want it. Like yeah. high traffic, right in the middle of campus, w- plenty of opportunity for like the people that are coming and seeing the campus yeah. to come there, whereas the stadium is too far out of the way. <laughs> it's really far. You're like, oh, all right. There's like one person in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's it for the the marking side of it. We'll we'll uh, briefly touch on football for a little bit. So Trace Trace Travers, our former podcast host uh, at Rivals, wrote a nice little thing about everything to know about sp- the spring football roster, um, and just some little things that we'll touch on is one the prominent position changes. So let me just read you through the list and just let me know what which ones you think are or one or two that surprising you or might benefit in the long run. Zion Eccles moves from inside running back or inside receiver to running back. Trey Turner from nickelback to safety. Darren Brown from linebacker to safety. Ray Hudson from wide receiver to tight end. Quinton Tartarbull from nickelback to safety. Coyote DK from linebacker to safety. And Ricky Walker III from cornerback to safety. Okay. Thought. I already thought Zion Eccles was running back, so I was confused <laughs> that he was an inside wide receiver. Right. So that seems like uh, he was someone that I was dying to see, so I'm actually happy with that. Um, and other, I think, more obvious one that to be excited for is just to see Ray Hudson move back to like a traditional tight end spot yeah. um, and see really what he can do there. I think it will open up. I, I actually think it will be pretty beneficial for the running game, and then I also think that it can I – mean, I it will be just nice to see more of like a pro-style offense. We're, we were really used to that in the yeah. Tedford years, and going back to that will be – well, I guess it's like, I don't know, it's hardly pro-style, I suppose, but 
Yeah. It's a, well, there's pro concepts in it, right? With the ele- with the eleven eleven personnel and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, the the Hudson one is definitely just because we're replacing three of our offensive linemen on the line, and to have that extra run blocker as a tight end on the edge would only is only going to help in us creating or getting that push in the line. Do you know why uh, Stephen Moore wasn't invited to the combine? I was really surprised by that. I don't know. I actually don't know. It might be. It might be just a numbers game where they just they just didn't have enough because there are some really good O linemen in my opinion in this in this year's draft class. So it might have been a purely a numbers game. Hmm. Um, but moving on to uh, prominent newcomers, uh, Elijah Hicks is at cornerback wearing number three. Bryce Turner is wearing number 29 list at cornerback. He's a redshirt freshman from Long Beach Community College. He was Travion Beck's teammate at St. John Bosco. Um, Alec Funches wearing number 33 list at the defensive lineman, possibly set to move to the rush linebacker DE hybrid that uh, Von Miller at Texas A&M mold. Uh, Jaron Brown, number 41. He's a transfer, transfer linebacker from Washington. He's a high school teammate. This is, this is the interesting one for me. He's a high school teammate of Malik McMorris, Chase Forrest, Addison Ooms, Matt Rocket, Justin Norbeck. All matter day, guys. He's also the cousin of top 2018 offensive lineman target Tommy Brown, who is the number one offensive lineman in the state, which I told you last week, and he is, has set a Cal official visit. So there's that. Uh, and a couple other ones. Daniel Horace wearing number 60, offensive lineman gray-shirted. Tariq Johnson's wearing number 88, wide receiver, and Gabe Cherry's wearing number 29 at defensive end. So judging from that... Is there any of those prominent newcomers that will bring at spring that when you, if and when you get to spring ball, you're going to watch or keep an eye on? Um, for sure, Elijah Hicks. Yeah. And I think he, Trey said he's his favorite player talent-wise from the class. Yeah, so. has to be. I mean, we poached him from Notre Dame. Yeah. That says a lot. So I think for, for sure him. I like that uh, Tariq Johnson chose Michael Irvin. Yeah, eighty-eight. 88. It's a great number. So I'll watch. I'll watch out for him. Um, on the newcomer front, like I, I think my main focus is actually going to be on the defense. Yeah, the offense is an, an area of concern. concern. Yeah. So, well, who's going to be the like rush linebacker? Who are going to be our playmakers on the defensive line? So maybe even Gabe Cherry, like seeing if he can make an impact. But honestly, like the person I want to watch the most is Russell Uday. <laughs> like, I had such high hopes for him, so I really want to see something from him and know that that potential that was there, that he had such high interest from so many schools, that uh, to see if there's a, a talent that we maybe have that wasn't being developed the right way, that that could come out and make a big impact. So he doesn't count as a new guy, but he's definitely someone that we I have not seen. He's pretty much a new guy in my yeah. eyes. Yeah. But yeah, what about you? Uh, to keep an eye on for spring ball, I think any of the – I want to see the, the young wide receivers and see how much they've physically grown because we haven't seen them since the last game of the season against UCLA. So all that off-season work has, has to be showing at this point, right, at least that one off-season of workouts through the winter. So I'm interested to see, like, does, does D-Rob look stronger, right? Does, is he a little more filled out in terms of his, his build? Um, it's like as a what's it is I don't know. Milky Stovall is not participating because he just recently had surgery. I don't. It they haven't said for what, but he did post that he did have surgery. So, uh, and then of course also the quarterbacks. Quarterbacks big, um, just because of course as you said we didn't see any backup quarterback other than Ross Bowers handing the ball off a couple times. So we don't know what we're going to get at that position. So the, the big thing for me at quarterback is how much did Gilliam and Vic grow into a redshirt freshman body, right? Because they had the entire year's worth of practices and everything. And if their physical tools are now – or their athleticism and everything matches what we expect of them now, then this quarterback battle is a lot more difficult than – we first imagined, especially with garbage coming in the fall too. In my opinion, I don't think we'll have a quarterback locked up by spring. I would love to have a quarterback locked up by spring. I just don't see that happening, especially with a brand new playbook and a brand new offensive coordinator. So, 
Yeah, that's that's it for me. And of course, the tight end spots always fun to watch. Just to see, I mean, there's only three open practices this year, and then spring games, so technically four. So the only thing that we're going to be able to see out of those four times is, or the only times we'll be able to see how he's going to utilize tight end will be those four times. So I'm excited to see how he does it. Because I've been watching Eastern Washington highlights that like their offense. Oh, so much fun to watch. Because they're so balanced. They don't only... And the only reason I watched those highlights too was because I saw, I was watching a little bit of the combine and I watched Cooper Cup a little bit. That guy's good. That guy's really good. But, of course, not as good as Chad Hansen. Hansen, he's so hot right now. All right, um, that's pretty much it for football. Um, move on to basketball for a little bit. Recruiting news for basketball before we go into the demolition of what was happened this past week is Grant Antisave, and I, I'm going to butcher his name. I still haven't found a place that says his name right, uh, but Antisavich? Antisavich. Antisavich. No, I don't no. know. I just finished. Grant, I'm just going to say Antisavich, all right? Uh, he is a... He's a wing player from Australia, just committed to Cal um, over, I think, was it last week? Yes, it was last week. Um, so, yeah, there you have it. We have another one to the class. Pretty, It's going to be a big class. I think we have six roster spots, or in terms of scholarships. So we only have four filled right now. Because Trevenel is technically the fifth, but he's taking his LDS mission, so he's going to reclassify to 2019. So technically that... Scholarship doesn't count as being taken mm. for two years at least. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm thoroughly excited. Uh, the kid looks pretty good in my eyes, at least. So, he's got to build his body a little more, but it, it also might be just who he's playing against. He's just better than all of them. So, I'm excited to see what he can do filling in that that wing role that currently we have no depth at. Like, we have zero depth behind Jabari and Jabari. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's all we got. <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of a small forward wing, yeah, Jabari. That's it. Um, all right, so moving on to basketball. Oh, what a terrible, terrible – was it like two weeks now? Not not a full two yeah. weeks. Yeah, because last week was the Stanford game. No, so two weeks was the Stanford game. Two weeks ago? Yeah, because last week oh, was the yeah, Oregon, right, 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 right. the the Oregon home stretch. Right, right, right. Never mind. So, yeah, it's the last bad week. Yeah, week and a half. Do I you guess. get to watch either the Utah or the Colorado game? Yeah, I watched some of the Utah game. I turned it off. That was that was impossible to watch. Yeah, that was impossible to watch, and yet like, I did have to watch it. Yeah, I was I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed. <laughs> it was a really good job of watching it. <laughs> I that's the only props of the game is anyone who watched it props to you. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I was like, no. I I think I watched like the last couple minutes of the first half, and then I don't know five six minutes of the second, and there's just nothing going on good for us. And nope. then I turned it back on towards the end and turned it back off. Yeah, it was tough. It was ugh, it was real rough, real rough. So now that we lost, so so what would have happened is if we had beaten Utah, we would have clinched the fourth spot in the Pac-12, had a bye in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament and not played till Thursday. But because we lost, and then we lost, a, because we lost, we had to win at Colorado, hope that either Utah won or Utah lost, or if Utah won, that Washington State had beat UCLA. Okay. Only one of those three <laughs> things happened which was Utah crushing Stanford towards the end, although they were still in it. Stanford was in it with about four minutes left. So, so yeah, towards the end they got crushed. But any, uh, So that's, that's what had to happen. None of that happened, which is why we dropped down to the fifth seed, which is why we play Oregon State. Um, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we're playing them at 2.30 Pacific time, I believe. And then if we win, we play fourth seed Utah. <laughs> Oh, really? On Thursday. Neutral court. Yeah, in in Las Vegas. So I believe the team flew out today. So that's where we stand right now. In terms of NCAA hopes, Joe Lunardi just pushed us out to the, I think, the, la- like the, the last eight in, or la- the last, or the first, 
first four out. So like we're like on that borderline of like either we're like right in the wait list of if any of these other teams falter right above us, then we'll hop into it. So what that basically means is that one, we have to beat Oregon State. There's no question about that. Two, we, we have, have to, to beat Utah. Utah. Yeah. And three, if we want to solidify it, just easily solidify it, beat Oregon. Because that's who we'll ultimately play, right? It's because the one the one and four seed would play in the semis. So if we overtake that fourth seed spot, we would have to play the number one team, which is Oregon. Is it weird? I tweeted this out to and the Avi, Avi like, I don't know. He said he tweeted back at me. I said, "Is it weird that I think my, our chances with Oregon is better than our chances against Utah?" <laughs> I feel the same it's, way because weird. Utah but, played us better. Yeah. Um. At least I thought Utah honestly met, played us better at Haas. I I thought we were well. That was the double that overtime game. game. Yeah, I thought we were losing the game for sure. And then we got cream. Oregon game, I thought we were going to win, and we lost. Utah game, I thought we were going to lose, and we won. And Utah just seems to me like they have the coach. I I think they like their coach is just a little bit better at uh, like in game management. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's more of a concern. But we played last year, right, at in the Pac-12 tournament against Utah, and then they hit that runner with a couple seconds yeah. left to knock us out. So. Who knows? But they had a neutral court. They had a way better team last year too. Utah yeah. did. No right. one expected Portal. Utah to be. Yeah, Pirtle and uh, Loveridge, and uh, I can't remember their point guard's name. That was knocking down threes left and right. Um, yeah, so, it was ridiculous. Yeah, so it was, it's them. And we also had a better team. We also did have a better team. We didn't lose a single game at home. So if we beat Oregon State and Utah, I still don't think we get in. I think we sneak in depending on what happens elsewhere. If some team that's right above us, like in the last four in, or like the this that the group of four right above that too, yeah, and they suffer a terrible loss, you know, going in to their whatever tournaments, I could potentially see them looking at us and going, "All right, we'll let you in." Just because, just because all our losses, if you if you just close your eyes for the Utah and Colorado one, all the other ones were such close losses to really good teams. Very that game winner against uh, Oregon, UCLA was a lot closer than people think in terms of the final score. Um, what's it? We of course we beat SC, who was ranked at the time, and then the Virginia game was also a real close game too. Oh yeah, that came down to the wire. So and Arizona at home. Yeah, the Arizona game at home too was a real winnable one. Arizona when we played at Arizona too was a real winnable one as well. So I think some I think the selection committee could easily. This is a, the homers in me, in me talking. This is but. the quintessential forever Cal optimism right here. Mm-hmm. This is a special thing. Yeah. Not everyone has this. Not every, no. But the two of us do, apparently. <laughs> yes. Big time. <laughs> but, yeah, I do, I do see maybe them looking at it that way. I highly doubt it, but I think the more likely chance of it is us hosting an NIT game. That would be kind of fun. To go to it, yeah. And I was talking to Avi today about it, too, and how I didn't know this, but apparently the NIT championship game is held at Madison Square Garden. So if we were to make it that far, I think I would make the trip. Really? Yeah. Go to New York? Yeah. I To see Cal play at Madison Square Garden, how many opportunities would you get to see that? I mean, if we were to make it that far. And it, it's for a championship, a postseason championship, regardless whether it's the NIT or the NCAA, right? In my opinion, a postseason championship, of course, you want to win the NCAA. But winning a postseason tournament in you know, the NIT in its own right is – I think it's it's a good accomplishment for a team that severely underachieved of what people expected of them. It's a good way to end the year, right? Ivan won at least something in his final year here. Yeah, I think um really hoping that we have a I I just I don't know if we're gonna find the magic out of nowhere. Yeah. And I don't believe that we're gonna figure out how to get Ivan out of double teams. It seems like the bad teams can't figure it out. It's like Oregon State. We should beat them. Yeah. And then the good teams figure it out. Yep. They just understand how to beat Cal this year. Yeah. So, it's a bummer. It is a bummer. Because we had a lot of talent this year. Yeah. And it certainly seemed like it was within our own. Like we controlled our own destiny, and we chose not to accept our destiny. <laughs> we shot ourselves in the foot, then threw an axe at our other foot, 
And then we ran into Poison Ivy. And then we said, who needs legs at all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't need this shoe. And yeah, they, we did a couple, we did a couple terrible things. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Well, so. no, we got the uh, rumors. Oh, yes. Last but not least is the, are the coaching rumors. Apparently, North Carolina State mm-hmm. and Missouri um, are after Conzo. Illinois as well. They have them high on their list. Conzo actually, uh, I guess they had a press conference today, teleconference, um, and Conzo said, I work for Cal. That's what he said. I liked it, but it's not like an overwhelming statement of solidarity with Cal. It's not like, I'm not going anywhere, I'm at Cal. Yeah, It's sort of the Chip Kelly approach that took with the Niners. But at the same time... I work for the Niners. (laughs) But at the same time, that's Consul's personality too. Mm-hmm. He's not the guy to over like overreach on saying things, and you've noticed Good that point. the way how he talks. Like he's he's not like the the really high highs and the really low lows. Like he's he's definitely one of those guys that when you're talking to him in this type of setting is very flatline. When you sure. see him in a game, he's like you know jumping up and down, throwing the blazer off, so on and so forth. But when he's off and he's talking to the press and the media, it's just he's talking like this. Doug from East St. Louis. Like that's, you know, that, it's that low voice that he just consistently talks through. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. That's spot on. It's quite spot on. So, so I'm, uh, I like the – I mean, it's much better than Tony Dykes. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is that uh, Reef tweeted at me. He's like, what else did you expect him to say? And I was like, well, we had a coach, a football coach, who was looking at elsewhere, and or rumors started flying, and he did not deny it. He didn't say any sense word. Of word. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I might be interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> Your no comment is the comment. <laughs> I might be out there putting my resume out there, having a couple conversations. Don't worry about me. I'm just doing my thing. I'm trying just, to trying I'm to just, get my assistance paid. I'm just here in Texas, just at the high school hall of fame. <laughs> um, Missouri, though, can yeah. we just talk about? First of all, I want to take a strong stance against the fact or the assumption that a school like NC State. Even though, fine, they have a decent basketball tradition, actually. They do. Or Missouri. Illinois, I'm on the fence about. But those two specifically can poach a Cal coach. Yeah. Like, I'm tired of these, like, uh, I don't want to say anything against these schools, but I'm tired of these schools that I don't look at. Like, I don't, when was the last time you heard Missouri and Cal in the same sentence? When was the last time someone said, oh, yeah, I was comparing NC State and Cal? Fine, Illinois, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Like that, they have it's a good school. But like, I visited NC State. It was not in the consideration set against Cal. <laughs> like, there's no way. It is a different degree. And so for me, it's like when you hear about these coaches, it drove me crazy about Sonny too. It's like, what is it? Uh, by the end of it, they're talking about uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I refuse to believe that Cal is the stopgap between wherever the coach was before and NC State. Although, once again, disclaimer, they have a good basketball tradition. Mm-hmm. Don't want to rob them of that. Or Missouri. Like, I get the Missouri connection because he's from St. Louis and it's close by and close to his roots, but I also like, refute the idea that those two that these schools in should be within the same breadth of a place like Cal. Yeah. I mean, so here's here's this, here's my take on it. If I'm Conzo and I'm looking at this and I've been preaching the whole thing about you're coming to the number one public institute in the world and you're talking about academics and so on and so forth, of course a little bit of that is about a little showmanship about, you know, how to recruit your school, right? How to market your school and where you're coaching. But I look at these three options, and this is my take on it. You look at Illinois, not a bad, not a bad school at all in terms of the academics. Probably a lot easier to get some recruits in as well in terms of the academic side of it and getting them through the whole, uh, what's it, like GPA and, and getting accepted in terms of their academic side of it. Definitely a lot linear or lenient in terms of that. Plus, they have a little bit of basketball history with, you know, Darren Williams and that NCAA run and so on and so forth. So you got that. 
And it's close to home, too, or at least close to where he played college ball at Purdue. Then you look at Missouri, SEC, right? Um, and in his home state, I could definitely see him maybe coercing himself and going home. SEC, though, but it's right. like lower tier Right, SEC. right, right. And I, I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of him moving to Missouri. The only aspect of the Missouri job for me would be moving closer to home. Yeah. Um, that would be the only thing, especially because other than Kentucky and, like, Florida and that SEC basketball league, it's going to be real tough to win any single year. Um, so there's that. The NC State one for me that for me that's the more curious one because as you said they have a big basketball tradition they're in the ACC which is arguably the best basketball league in the country so based on that plus you're going to a state school that probably has less academic standards right <laughs> than what no, we have at Cal no probably necessary in, yeah in in terms of getting yeah. your recruits in and you could totally. definitely sell that you're living in North Carolina with all these, you know, the basketball blue bloods, right? So North Carolina is a basketball state. It's it's insane with those three schools right there, and of course the the Charlotte Hornets, are yeah the Charlotte Hornets, right? Yeah, they are yeah. the Hornets. They're and back in Charlotte. And Davidson. Yeah, and oh yeah, Davidson's right there too in Charlotte. So I think you could definitely sell that to recruits as well. Um, I mean, they did that this last season with Dennis Smith, right? The the number one overall point guard, I believe, in the 2016 class. Um, 2015 class? 2016, no. 2015 class. 2015 class. Went to NC State. Yeah, went to NC State. He's well, from North Carolina, too, which, of course, that helped. But Yeah, it's all good points. I yeah. mean, I, I still, th- yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the academic standard is almost consistent in all three. The only yeah. difference between ours and theirs is that our academic, like, just prominence is so high that you could sell that to the parents, right? Hey, your kid's going to get a damn good education if they come here. And, you know, you, it, you know it's like that, fo- that – was it football or basketball that's saying, like, it's like the – it's the 50-year decision, right? It's not, the, it's not the looking to the NBA to play for the next 30 years. It's the what life after the NBA if you get to the NBA. Um, so – but the only difficult part about that is I think the, the academic side of getting in is so difficult. The, the, the barrier to get in is so not high. It's not like they're asking for a 4.0, but it's definitely higher than what you would get at Illinois or NC State or, or Missouri, right, in terms of getting your guys in. Totally. So I think that's – I mean, I could easily – if I'm a coach at Cal, I could easily convince myself to say – like, why would I have to deal with this? Why do I have to deal with the, the, the academic side of it this much every single season and put myself through this headache of will these guys be able to come here going through the academic process when instead I can, you know, probably go closer to home or, or go if a team from the ACC wants me, go there and, and, to- and rebuild that program with a lot more ease. I think to me it's about... So part of me sees that opportunity and part of me looks at that opportunity and says, which area, like which problem do you want to try and solve? Yeah. So do you want to be at a place where the issue is you have to stand behind a stellar education, uh, but that also forces you to be more selective? Or do you want to go to a place where you're an after, you're the afterthought of the conversation? Actually, once again, I'm sounding like way too harsh on this. Um, but you are the third in the consideration set behind Duke, North Carolina. Yeah. And you also are in a conference in which, like... Is incredibly it's, difficult yeah, it's to competitive. Win. Yeah. So you're going to fight the battle there, uh, or you're going to fight the battle on the academic front. And the biggest thing for me, which was clear with Sonny, was he didn't get the, bureauc- he didn't get the bureaucracy of Cal. Um or, and also, I mean, there are other issues. Yeah. But that's really what I felt from afar because he saw the potential in the program. But when he got here, the potential wasn't what he, like, was really found. Yeah. With Kwanzo, I don't have any of that signal. Mm-hmm. There's certainly 
part of me that thinks like everything they went to went through with Yanni and the special investigation and all that additional investigation, there might be something there that you never know. Like mm-hmm. you know, he seems like a pretty stand up guy, uh, family oriented, and that called into question his character. Even though like you know he objectively did did the right thing. But outside of that, there isn't anything there that really makes me as nervous on that front. Like I think he's talked about Cal in a consistent way and uh, been very forthcoming about the the opportunity that exists here. So, yeah, it's all about for me. If I was make if I was in that decision, and like putting it in a business perspective, it's like, okay, like yeah, you can go and work for another product, but. You're gonna fit. You're gonna be solving a different problem. Like, which problem do you want to solve? Yeah. And so for me, it's like, if I had to solve a problem, I'd probably want to solve the one that came with like the highest value product behind it, so that I could stand myself behind, like, put myself behind that and be really proud of it. And I think that's the unique use case for Cal is that. You know, some of these schools, like, as you said, if you're not, if you're graduating, and you don't have a career in the MBA, then what do you lean on? Well, you lean on your degree. And even North Carolina, like, I love that school when I visit that school. That school's but, very, it's beautiful, Chapel Hill. Yeah, gorgeous yeah. and just a great vibe. I liked it way more than when I went to Duke. I was like, I just fell in love with North Carolina. Yeah. But they had all that academic stuff come out. Yep. And, you know, that's nothing to... Like joke around about like they like completely kind of screwed over some of their own yeah. players. So say what you will about Cal, unique place, uh, very interesting dynamic mm-hmm. of athletics and academics. But uh, you know we haven't done that. The only yes, yeah, the only thing, and I've talked about this a bunch of times, and we'll end with this: is I think you and I are both still in. We want Conzo to stay long term. Um, what Konzo did last season was I know a lot of people expected more. A lot of people expect more this year too, and they're not happy with what they saw on court on the court. But a lot of that, in my opinion, somewhat has to do with depth too. You know, he's working with a five-person senior class that he didn't recruit, that he had to mold into the guys that he wanted. He'll get that next year and the year after that. So I'm... For me, Conzo's Cal career of whether I want him to stay or go will pretty much be determined within the next two years. Right now, it's too early to say, like, he should be gone. Um, but as, a, as it stands right now, I don't, ever, I don't ever want a coach to just be here for a year or two and then not succeed and then just move on. Like, it, it takes time to rebuild a program or just build a program, right? And the, the only thing that gives me hope about all this is you saw – I just – how. Jan, Jan was here, and then he left. We bring in Tim O'Toole the following season, right? The year before that was we lost um, one of the assistants. Uh, can't remember his name right now. But then we brought in Viking Jones. Like He definitely is a good enough person and coach to be able to bring in guys like this. Like Viking left Rick Pitino in Louisville. Like That's a perennial winning team and competitive team, and he came all the way out here and joined cons on the West Coast, you know? Tracy Webster probably could have been a head coach for some mid-major school, in my opinion, at, at any given point, because he's a pretty dang good coach and a recruiter as well. But he's still here. He's still the, the assistant coach right under him. You bring in Tim O'Toole, too, who's been a head coach as well and has immense experience on the West Coast. So you see him building and consistently building and not – take a step back in terms of the coaching staff and how he's building up this program. I wish there was just a little bit more support from I granted we're not, we're no one's kicking him out like Tennessee did. That's for sure. You know, no one's making a petition and getting everyone assigned to get him, get him out. Um, I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's at a point where people are up in arms with the forks and outside right. campus. Right. But there's a lot more of that for the football program yeah. after the season ended than there is for basketball. Yeah. And I also question where we got these standards from. Yeah. Like, it's not like Monty was making the tournament every year. No. So why do we expect to make it every year now? It's because the expectations were raised because of the talent level we brought in. And with raised expectations, then comes that sort of, like, 
if you don't meet the expectations, then they're just as much. The higher the expectation, and if you don't reach it, the higher the negativity afterwards. Yeah. The lower the expectation, if you don't reach it, the more, oh, well, like we didn't expect much anyways. And we have a perfect example of what happens when you chase people out of town and those, everyone at Tennessee that's latching on to every single negative tweet about Quanzo Martin saying, yeah. hey, I told you so. In the meantime, their basketball program is meh. G- like meh. Yeah, at most. Generously, generously, generously meh. meh. So I don't. I'm definitely not in favor of seeing him go. I don't even care if we didn't make it next year. I wouldn't be in favor of seeing him go. It's a matter of like, as you said, get, giving him the the fairest shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we're getting. And into, we're getting, Yeah, we're getting a talent level of player yeah. that we didn't used to to get. So look, we went after we went after Troy Brown, right? Five star small forward. We went after Ira Lee, top fifty power forward, four star. We didn't get those guys. But then what happens? We're still in the mix for four-star guard Mark Smith, right? We're still in the mix for four-star center from France, Olivier Saar. We, we just picked up, uh, you know, this, this Australian guy that looks pretty good, in my opinion. And we still kept the other two four-stars that we recruited in, Jamal Baker and Jawan uh, Harris-Dyson. That's still a class of, of potentially six, right, four of which are all four stars next season our rotation will be built purely on four stars and five stars right in terms of the recruiting other than our center position because king and cam are three stars are not rated um but the depth is there it's incredible with charlie already there marcus being able to play right you you got a solid depth on the team in the works Maybe one or two five stars in, and that gets you over the hump into that whole, are we vying for the Pac-12 title? Are we vying for a number two seed in the NCAA tournament, right? And then maybe that happens in two years' time when maybe we get Jordan Brown from Roseville, mm-hmm. and we get that five-star center to, to, to match all the shooters that we're going to have on that team in two years. So, yeah, oh, I forgot, Justin Sh- Justice Suing, too. That guy's rated a four-star on certain, on certain uh, rating sites. So, yeah, you got to got a plethora of great talent coming in, and I just don't understand why you're upset with the on-court performance in a three-year span. I think more people are upset with this year than they are with last year, but you fail to recognize we only have two legitimate shooters on this team. Consistent. Charlie's good when he's on, but Grant and Jabari are legitimate only two shooters. I don't even consider Grant to be a shooter because he can't create his own shot. Exactly. But that's what I'm <laughs> saying, right? He, they're the only two reliable three-point shooters on the team. And yeah. if you have that and you try to get Ivan deep in the deep on the blocks, you can't balance the floor like that. If one of them's out of the game, it's over, <laughs> which happened a lot this year. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of like when I play 2K and I don't ha- have KD, Steph, and Clay on the floor. <laughs> yeah, this man calls timeouts just to <laughs> get them in the game, even though, like, they're recovering their energy. They're, like, at 75, and they could easily get to, like, 85 if they, like, if he waited a couple more minutes. But no, 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 no. It's just because he can't handle the DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis combo <laughs> running the pick and roll. <laughs> Chica. Uh, that, that totally is a cheat code. If you don't have MB2K, I highly recommend try, getting it and trying out that combo of running the pick and roll between <laughs> Andy Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Rob oh. can show you his moves. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible to guard. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, that wraps it up. I mean, we planned for 40 minutes. It's an hour. Yeah. So we're good to go. Um, are you writing anything for the website anytime soon? Just this. Of? Just this? All right. I did do that. Stanford tweeted out the Cal success or the, the success of Cal running back post. <laughs> that was hilarious. I had to do that one. That was hilarious. Um, what about you? Uh, you did the shoe post today? I did the shoe post today. Um, I'm I'm working on a long form shoe post for the off season, um, and I'm also well. I'll be doing all the tweeting for the, the basketball game, so we'll be in the clear for that. All right, so that pretty much wraps it up. Um, we are done here. Um, this mis- this uh, post-apocalyptic war room that we're in, probably somewhat, kind of. I don't even know. I'm just rambling right now. 
Uh, I took like a 30-minute nap before we recorded the pod, so like I'm not like fully here mentally yet, even though we're about to end it. So, But that's it for us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rob11HWNG. You can find Andy at... Andy J. Beast Mode. Uh, please subscribe, like, um, share this pod on Twitter and SoundCloud and iTunes. And also you can find all our stuff at CaliforniaGoldenBlogs.com. I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. All right. And we are good. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bear territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bear territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bear territory! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.